Warning, I'm about to drop some seriously out-of-context information for this book. If you haven't read Gossip Girl or listened to our commentary in the episode released for it, I'd suggest you do so now because a lot of this won't make sense. I'll be giving you the biggest differences between the original book and the slasher satire. Again, go get your Gossip Girl on, then come back for the silly, bloody details of Gossip Girl Psycho Killer by Cecily Von Ziegenthal. So you want to hear about a book, but you're always on the go. Just sit back and relax, my friend, because I've got a mini-sode of Dustin Can Read. Ever wondered what the lives of the Chosen Ones are really like? Well, I'm going to tell you, because I'm one of them. I'm not talking about beautiful models or actors or royalty, or reality show stars, cult leaders, or the undead. I'm talking about the people who are born to it, those of us who have everything anyone could possibly wish for, and who take it all completely for granted. The ones who literally get away with murder. Welcome to New York City's Upper East Side, where my friends and I live and go to school, and play, and sleep, and sometimes kill each other. So at the start, Gossip Girl is basically teenage Patrick Bateman. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) At least the Christian Bale version. And she nonchalantly talks about how the Upper East Siders literally get away with murder and kill for fun, just left and right. The rest of the book also feels like Heather's or Jawbreaker with its disregard for murder. It's a frank satire. Frank, very. This one's a frank satire of a satire. <laughs> right, because I was thinking American Psycho just reading the actual Gossip Girl book. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly, <laughs> yeah. So I want to compare the, the, there's an opening quote to the book, the original Gossip Girl book, and it's actually an Oscar Wilde quote, and it goes, scandal is gossip made tedious by morality. Which is a good quote. Yeah. However, Gossip Girl Psycho Killer has a quote from Macbeth. There's blood on thy face. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) That right there just tells you how this is flipped. (laughs) Wow. Okay. This is different. It's a completely different thing. (laughs) But the thing is, everything that happens... In this book, is pretty much the same. There's this different. There's it's a different feeling altogether. Okay. So Blair is pretty much the same, but she thinks of killing people all the time. That <laughs> seems like never, real Blair. <laughs> I know, but she's never actually killed anyone yet. Sure. A funny note is that her movie references are all horror movie references now. Like she thinks of herself as like Sissy Spacek and Carrie or Janet Lee and Psycho. <laughs> Serena is not the same character at all. At all. She's basically a black widow now. Oh, I like Definitely, that. Definitely, you do not want to get involved with her. After she returns to town, she immediately goes to Nate's apartment and tries to poison Nate's weed. I'm into it. I know. It's very <laughs> dr- melodramatic. She's got gloves and she pulls out a syringe marked poison and she injects it into his pot. Oh, can't they hire people to do this? I know. But later, after she arrives at the party at the beginning, some guy named Jeremy Scott Tompkinson, who we never met in the first book, shows up with the poison pot. And he doesn't look good. 
He's stumbling in and he starts heading straight for Serena. But before he can say her name, his eyeballs explode and he falls down dead. Oh my God. His parents, who were also at the party, are completely oblivious. And everyone sighs and just adjourns, adjourns to dinner without batting an eye. It's the most surreal shit I've read in a while. There's just a body on the floor? Yep. And the maid's over there cleaning it up. Yeah. It's very, yeah. Serena later confesses to Blair about attempting to kill Nate, but killed this Jeremy kid instead. Like, it's no biggie. But Blair is pissed now, and she vows to kill Serena. I mean, in fairness, Serena, this was a bad idea because you could kill countless people because it sounds like Nate hangs out in the park and shares his weed. Exactly. It's just dumb. She doesn't care. On Serena's first day back at school, she kills a girl in her apartment building elevator because the girl saw Serena kill that girl's brother. You killed my brother. Well, I'm about to kill you now. <laughs> I mean, you got to do those loose ends. Exactly. And then Serena just leaves the dead body for someone else to find and clean up. So she's just as lazy as before. Yeah, she is. And everything just works out for her, of course. But <laughs> but this is a little bit extreme circumstance here. Her reputation for killing precedes her, and Jenny is all about Serena killing off the mean senior girls. The scene where the girls are in the back bitching about Serena, Blair finally has had enough and stabs one of the girls in the jugular. Oh my god. Going unnoticed by everyone but Jenny, who thinks Serena did it. <laughs> yeah, no one noticed. She just stabs her and then just leans the girl over and nobody notices. She goes, oh, she's just tying her shoe. <laughs> and everybody walks by and then Jenny looks over and sees it. It's like, oh, but Jenny thinks Serena did it. You know, not freaked out at all. No reaction to the dead bodies. She's like, oh, there's a dead body. Oh, she's dead. I guess Serena did it. What? It's very strange. <laughs> Dan is even more emo than before. His dad thinks he has the makings of a serial killer. A loner, an absent mother, likes to burn his sister's hair and set the cat on fire once. I mean, he does have the makings of a serial killer. He does. So far, he's only tried to kill himself, though. So I guess that's not bad. Cool. (laughs) Oh, since this was written eight years after the original book, they now all have iPhones. Of course. So what a few difference a technology makes in a few years. The kiss on the lips benefit in this version is now called kiss me or die. Cool. So fun. And the charity is for birds of prey. (laughs) Vanessa is no longer working on a film about war and peace, but her own version of natural born killers, because of course she is. Serena tries to throw a party at one point, but only Nate shows up. She's glad she didn't kill him after all, because now she can hook up with him. Wow. This is just some random party that's thrown in in the middle of the story. And then Kati and Isabel show up at Serena's just as Nate is showering off. And Serena decides they can't be allowed to tell Blair what Nate and she just did. So she sets them on fire and throws them down the garbage chute before returning to Nate to have sex again. You know, when I was in elementary school, I wrote basically fan fiction of all those Fear Street novels, and it's, they sounded like this. Really? <laughs> this is what my stories were like. They were so over-the-top ridiculous and didn't make any sense. Exactly. It's just so strange. I don't... But it's fun. It was fun to read and find all the differences. And it's like 100 pages longer than the original book. What? Yes. <laughs> At Blair's party, things liven up when Nate and Serena show up. And Serena ends up waving Kati and Isabel's phones in the air in front of Blair as kind of a sort of hunting trophy. 
Like, ha, 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 I got their phones. I healed your friends. What? Yeah. So Blair, true to her word, she said, if Serena kills somebody, I'm going to kill somebody. Right? She said, <laughs> she stabs some 12-year-old girl who's at the party who's drinking too, who we found out later turns out to be um, Jenny's friend, Elise. She's seriously, she's 12. She stabs her and then somehow chops her up in the garbage disposal before returning to the party to tell Nate that she wants to sleep with him Friday night. Why was this book written? I don't know. <laughs> like, what? Was there demand for this? I don't know. Blair goes for a bikini wax and ends up killing the salon guy by dunking his head in the hot wax. Lord. Oh, my God. Jenny meets Serena in this book by walking in on her in the bathroom and then thanking her for killing off all the mean girls. Serena considers killing Jenny because she knows too much, even though Jenny says she won't tell. But then Serena thinks, am I just going to kill everyone that upsets me? Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, I, what I really think Serena needs to do at this point, and maybe she will, is start to build her own like death cult and start to train Jenny. There you go. She doesn't kill Jenny, obviously. <laughs> Vanessa takes Dan shopping for hunting gear so that he can play Mickey Knox in her Natural Born Killers film tribute. And they look at this huge, expensive knife that's like $4,500. And the sales guy says, you know what? I'll loan it to you for your film. No one's going to buy this knife. It's been sitting here for years. What? And Dan's become this a little obsessed with the knife. Like He's standing there looking at this knife, and he ends up like cutting his own finger on purpose. And it's like, he's going to snap. He just seems, yeah. Serena decides to try out for the school play. And this time around, it's Sweeney Todd. Makes sense. The guidance counselor starts to talk about how active in school Blair is. And Serena starts to fall into this bitter spell. She keeps hearing, Blair's so perfect. Blah, blah, blah. Blair does this. Blair does that. Blah, blah, blah. And then the counselor's nose starts to bleed. And in her blind rage, Serena jumps up, grabs tissues off the woman's desk, and then shoves them in her mouth and nostrils, choking her and killing her. Her guidance counselor. This is fan fiction. This is 100% Gossip Girl fan fiction. This is crazy. Oh, it totally is. It's totally by the author. (laughs) Fan fiction for her own work. It's strange. When Jenny volunteers to do the invitations for the Kiss Me or Die party, we find out that she thinks her friend Elise moved away. She was the 12-year-old Blair shoved down the garbage disposal. (laughs) Okay, are there also not police in this New York? Apparently not. Are there it's no one finds bodies? Universe. Like the maids just dispose of bodies? Nothing happens to anyone. <laughs> Serena goes to Vanessa's film audition. Of course, Serena and Dan have the great chemistry, and they both even cut their hands and mix their blood in the scene. Like it's real. And then she leaves, taking their damn on loan knife with her. <laughs> So when Nate flirts with that LaCole girl in the pizzeria, Blair sees it in this version. She buys a slice, and and um, when the guy turns to get the slice of pizza, she grabs the pizza cutter and then corners the girl in the alley as she's leaving and stuffs the slice down the girl's throat before she slices her neck with the pizza cutter. Yeah. And then, you know, Nate sees it in, our, in the window. like what? Like off the reflection of a car. And thinks he's like messed up and hallucinating on weed or something. Why does he have to see it through a reflection? She's just killing someone in public. Right out there in the alley on the side. She's like, (laughs) like, nobody's doing anything. Shortly after, Vanessa rides by 
in her cab and sees the girl's body in the alley with vultures pecking at her entrails. Vultures. Birds They're like in Manhattan. We learn that Serena stores her weapons in a violin case. All she can think about is that's where she put the knife that she took from Vanessa and Dan. She really pissed that Vanessa didn't pick her for the part. I'm like, now she just has uh -oh. to stab somebody. Uh-oh. <laughs> Serena sees some girl named Anna in the school darkroom. Isabel texted her right before Serena killed her and Kati. I don't know why this Anna girl is tempting fate, but she has a great line. She goes, quote, you're like not a good person. <laughs> right before Serena drowns her in a tub of developing chemicals. <laughs> accurate. Accurate. There. Now she feels better. She got it out. Vanessa finds Anna's body first and gets footage of her for her archives before she reports it. <laughs> What? These kids are relentless. Like she's like, oh my God, a dead body. Let me get some film footage of this. Yeah, how can I use this for myself? <laughs> exactly. Dan overhears Chuck talking shit about Serena. Almost proud that Serena's, quote, killing off all the ugly chicks. That's what Chuck says. Whoa. So Dan writes a quick poem, and this is what it is. Quote, oh, roses so red, my blood is not blue. You fuck with me and I'll kill you. <laughs> Good poem. You put that in the card. <laughs> He has little poems like that that pop up throughout the book, and I'm not going to go into those, though. Ew. Jenny notes how quiet the cafeteria is lately, because the loud girls were either dead or missing. They're going to run out of people to kill. I know. She actually prefers this, because now she can get a good table to eat at. When Jenny gives Serena her invitation, Blair immediately steps in, asking Jenny to speak with her privately in the dark room. She finds out, like, why are you giving her this invitation, Jenny? Like, right then. She's like, can I go talk to you in the dark room? Knowing what this means, Serena grabs Jenny's arm and is like, don't go anywhere with Blair. Just don't, don't go do into it. dark gonna, rooms with anyone. She's going to try to kill your ass. <laughs> Friday night, Friday the 13th, of course. Ooh. Even the Tribeca Hotel bar that Blair and Serena meet at is totally goth. With a DJ playing a Halloween mix, black candles burning the whole shebang. <laughs> After Blair and Serena had their little tiff and Blair goes to leave, Serena stops her confessing all the people that she's, she's killed have all been for Blair. And Blair is unmoved by this, saying, save it, before storming out, leaving Serena all sad. Note, Blair leaves $100 for drinks in this book. In the original book, she only left 20 Ooh. What a difference of eight years of inflation makes. <laughs> <laughs> Blair gets naked to do it with Nate. But for some reason, she decides to draw arrows and road signs on her body, pointing the way to her privates. Like, why would he need any of that? Ugh. She ends up painting on Nate, too, when he arrives. Also, her choice of music this go-around is Hawaiian ukulele music. It's like psych like a serial killer's lair kind of thing set up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I Blair's feel like nuts. this entire book was a joke manuscript, and the publisher was like, let's do it. <laughs> After Serena passes out on Chuck's couch, he changes the cha the channel. She, they're not watching Dirty Dancing. Mm -hmm. They're watching Jason Goes to Hell. Cool. But he changes the channel to his favorite show, Glee. Oh, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> I know. Chuck Bass is a Gleek, and I am very confused and almost insulted. <laughs> I really am. Like, I was a Gleek, and now I don't want to be associated with Chuck Bass the Rapist. You know he doesn't enjoy, enjoy acapella music? Come on. I know. No, no, no. So she later wakes up 
to find that Chuck has stripped off her dress and her boots and is now wearing them, singing along to the Glee cast. This scene is really upside down. I know. It's I thought he was going to murder her. <laughs> I know. Or rape her. At least he was going to go there with that, right? No. After she refuses his advances again, he's still in a dress. <laughs> her dress. <laughs> he insults her one too many times. And she uses her eyelash curler on his eye, pulling his eyelid off before no. jumping into her cab. No. Serena. Damn. You know, he's going downstairs and they see the whole, you know, the the picture and he makes note and said, then he calls her a slut and she's like, ah, and she reaches in her bag and grabs the eyelash curler and just shoves it in his eye and pulls off his eyelid. But honestly, this is the best response for Chuck Bass for any <laughs> version of these books. <laughs> this is what he's been deserving this whole it's time. It's true. Dan grabs a meat cleaver from home and heads down to the same hotel, arriving after Serena leaves. His plan was to hack up Chuck in Serena's honor. But he sees Chuck in the back of the ambulance and feels all giddy inside before leaving. Apparently, Chuck got hit by a limo <laughs> after he t- after Serena took his eyelid li- oh off. He like stumbled into the street and got hit by a limo. This book is like, brutal. Good. He deserved it. <laughs> After the Nate incident, Blair seeks out the Remy brothers. Like, so, you know, after she's all upset that Nate slept with Serena, Mm -hmm. she goes and finds the Remy brothers the same night and says she's meeting Serena there so that they can do a buddy photo shoot. And the Remy brothers eat this up. And when they're about to take her picture, she wraps her wire around their necks simultaneously and chokes them at the same time. Extremely easy to do. Really easy. Especially when you're a totally untrained 17-year-old girl. When Nate goes to Serena's, he finds her violin case of sharp objects and gets disgusted and leaves. Why did he open her violin case of knives? He's like, why does she have a violin case? I didn't know she played the violin. And then opens it up and he's like, oh, (laughs) there's all these bloodied knives and crap in there. In fairness, in the original book, he would have been like, wow, she has such diverse interests. I love her. (laughs) What's up with these antique bloody knives she collects? (laughs) (laughs) She's so interesting. And I'm confused, like, why he's all disgusted. I'm like, I thought everybody in this in this book, everybody just knows Serena kills people. Yeah, they're... So it's like, why is he disgusted? Murder like, seems pretty okay. Yeah. So now Chuck is sporting a tan leather eye patch from Italy. Cool. Kind of like our face mask. It's, it's necessary. It, we make it fashionable. <laughs> Jenny is apparently eating into eating raw meat in this version. Oh, What? I know. Something apparently she picked up from her dad. That's what it said. When Dan goes to the men's section of Barney's, this time he runs into Chuck with his eye patch. And Chuck's been having trouble tying his bow tie because of the one eye thing, apparently. And Dan offers to help him. But just, you know, just as Dan starts to choke Chuck, a salesman interrupts. Oh, well. Oh, yeah. It's, It's so hard to get away with murder in public these days. I know. We find out now that the Remy Brothers' art post-mortem skyrockets in price, making Serena's weird picture more priceless and and foiling any attempt to make Blair feel better by killing them in the first place. She pissed because, damn it! Still angry, Blair follows a, a blonde girl she sees into Central Park, calling out, Serena, stop! The girl doesn't, so she runs up on her and decapitates the girl with a knife, only noticing that it's not Serena after that. That happens. Like you do. 
leading to Vanessa finding another one of Blair's bodies with vultures picking at it. Poor Vanessa. Why is she finding all these bodies? Oh, she keeps getting all the footage, too. She's totally cool with it. It would be better if she was investigating them. Yeah, it would be. You would think. At brunch, Blair wanders off to the weaponry exhibit at the Met, with Serena following behind. The two of them end the ending up taking ancient swords off the walls and having a very sloppy fight. Many tourists and security guard fatalities happen as collateral what? damage. <laughs> Serena ends up running up some steps, but Blair catches up to her and stabs her in the back, literally, presumably killing Serena. So Blair leaves her just lying there and acts like nothing happened, of course. Their family is in the other room. Their family are just sitting there eating brunch. No one's like, where did Serena go? I know. And then the Gossip Girl post right after that, Gossip Girl's like, S is missing. <gasps> I know. Serena is apparently in an induced coma for exactly a week. Getting out just in time to be home sulking on Friday night, the night of the kiss me or die party. <laughs> Convenient. She almost died. Maybe don't worry about the party. I know. She's like, I'm bored. I'm like, you you just got out of the hospital. <laughs> yeah, you were in a coma. <laughs> so later they show up at kiss me or die looking for Jenny. And Blair is pissed that Serena just won't fucking die. She's like, she didn't know she was alive. Dan and Serena find Chuck. You're going to love this scene. Let me just give you that right now. Dan and Serena find Chuck in the stall with Jenny. Instead of just telling him to go to hell like they do, they plan to attack him. However, this time. So, okay. Serena's like, all right, Chuck. And she pulls out that hunting knife she took and she's going to stab him with it. He's like, what? And then Dan sees like this perfume bottle on on the counter in the restroom. He's like, I'm going to hit him over the head with it. And just as he's about to, Jenny steps out. She goes, no, Dan, he's mine. Does right? she eat him? No, 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 no. Okay. Listen, she grabs a toilet seat and shatters Chuck's pelvis. Oh, my God. Before grabbing the hunting knife from Serena and sticking him in the chest. Then Serena uses the knife so she twists it in his chest and then pulls it down and disembowels him. Oh, my God. Unnecessary. Then Dan, who's been wanting to do something this entire time and to Chuck for this whole time, finally he grabs some hairspray and his lighter and sets Chuck's face and hair on fire, which is really brutal. Overkill. And the icing on the cake. Jenny wants to sober up and figures eating something would help do I that. I knew it. I knew it. I knew you dropped So she that. grabs some of Chuck's insides to take home with her for later. I knew later. you said it for a reason. <laughs> That the raw meat. Yes, yes, I know. In Gossip Girl's final post, somehow, somehow, Chuck Bass survived all of that. No, he and was did spotted not. getting he, he was spotted getting wheeled into an ambulance once again. They're like, whatever's left, he was Chuck Bass or whatever's left of him was spotted getting wheeled into an ambulance. Yeah, he didn't have skin on his face anymore. I know. He's like, he's not a damn <laughs> model now. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much it for Gossip Girl Psycho Killer. It's very morbid, gross, funny take on all the original story. I know it's available to download in ebook format. <laughs> Otherwise, you may have to go hunting for it on eBay or thrift books or something. So, what do you think of that difference? I'm I'm pretty shocked <laughs> at how crazy it got. 
That said, I have thought about a like serial killer gossip girl storyline before today. And this isn't what I would do. (laughs) The other thing I liked about this is, as with the original Gossip Girl, Dan is totally useless here. Oh, yeah. He's just he's just there. He's just there. (laughs) He wants to do things, but he never does anything. He doesn't. Like, all of these books are so insane that the insanity of this one is only, like, a couple more steps above original Gossip Girl. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. (laughs) Yes. So, thanks for listening. XOXO. Dustin can read. It's a Lux life. Someone's got to live it. Until they die.